us and taking care of us. And that's why we can trust Him because we've seen the evidence. You say, well, Pastor, what's the evidence? The evidence is Jesus Christ is the evidence. He went through death, hell, and the grave, rose on the third day, seated with the right hand of the Father, and that's why you and I have victory and why we have power that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit, in His Holy Spirit, and through His Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at it a little bit more today. But let's read Galatians 2 and 20 as we read every Sunday morning. I want to thank those for joining us live today. Let's read. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. And it is good that we can be in the house of the Lord, that we can encourage one another once again uh, through this week, that we are now here today to hear from God's Word and to apply what we hear so it can help us through next week because I don't know about you, but uh, I want all of the word that I can get and all the help that I can get to help me through next week because you and I don't know what we're going to face next week. So it's going to be something brand new. We've probably got it planned out. We've got an idea of what our jobs look like and what, what it all consists of. But we really don't know what tomorrow will bring. So I want to thank you for being here today. And I want to thank the Lord that the Lord is going to help us through tomorrow and we can do this thing together because we are in this thing together if you have your bibles today hold those up high that's the sword of the spirit we're going to be going through some scriptures today and i want you to go ahead if you would turn with me um, to the book of uh titus three and five and uh and keep your finger there we're going to start there we're going to be moving around a little bit so you'll probably want to write some scriptures down, and then we're going to go right into this. I'm doing a series called the Holy Spirit Series, and it's the Holy Spirit Series Sermon Number 4. And if you've missed any of this, you can always go back on our website at www.vfclexton.org, and uh, you can click on the media there, and you can look at it as well. I do want to encourage those that are watching today and we want to encourage those in the congregation today. If you're not following Victory Fellowship or you haven't hit that like button, please do that. Please do that. The more uh, people that we have that follows us, the more people that likes us, our ratings continue to go higher. And right now we're still at a five star and I want us to keep it at a five star. Do you know they rate churches? And, uh, and so we're still, your church is still at a five star, so we thank the Lord for that. And so, uh, but if you want to hit that share button, that like button, uh, or share it to anybody else that you're friends with and family that you have. Uh, you know, I've got people that are watching us, uh, well, probably watching us today. They're nephews and nieces. We've got one that's in Alaska that watches our services. We've got another one in Greer, South Carolina. So we've, we've got places in Arizona. We've got some that are looking in Arizona, believe it or not. So we're, all, we're on the map, folks. And so once this is live, this goes around the world. 
So anybody can click into this and anybody can, can, uh, can watch what's going on in our services and, uh, and get to hear the word. And that's my, my uh, main thing is to get the gospel out to reach all that needs uh, an encouragement of word. Uh, anybody that's needing Jesus, that's what I want to uh, share from Victory Fellowship Church here in uh, Lexington, South Carolina. So let's look at this. The Holy Spirit series, sermon number four. And the title of my message is The Holy Spirit and Conversion. And we're going to look at this just a minute. Now, we're going in depth about the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of things that I said in the last couple of weeks, uh, what the Holy, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, uh, how He works. And so we're going to look at this even more on this today about the Holy Spirit and conversion. But let's look at this, Titus uh, 3 and 5, and I want to give you uh, a little bit of time uh, to get to that, that's in the New Testament, in Titus 3 and 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. I want us to look at this. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, Jesus Christ, His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. I want to look at 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. You can go there or you can just follow along here, write that down. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, and therefore glorify God in your body and in your, here's the word, spirit, which are God's. Let me read this again. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Jesus Christ, God Almighty, has created you for the temple of your body, for the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price... And we know the price is through His Son, Jesus Christ. And therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So I want you to know today as we go into this about the Holy Spirit and conversion is that the Holy Spirit comes in us when we receive Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes within us. And guess what? It is God that does the work in your life because it's not on your own. It's not on your intellect. It's not on your wisdom or your knowledge or your ability. But it's what Jesus Christ begins to do in your life 
by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit, which is of God. God, in other words, orchestrates and moves within your life because this is what He has set up for you and I in our walk with God, in our spiritual development every day, is that we must have the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives so that the character of Christ would come alive within us and that the fruit of the Spirit, all that that works within us, that we are to do as Jesus Christ instructed His disciples and as Jesus Christ instructs us to do every day. Ephesians 4 and 30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're going to get more into this passage of Scripture, but not right now, but we're going to get in here close to it here soon. So I want you, I'm going to share with you about the seal. We're going to look at that also. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether it's Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So I want to show you today through Scripture how the Holy Spirit is to be activated in our lives and how that when we receive Jesus, there is conversion that begins to take place. There is a change that has to take place in our lives. In other words, there's got to be change. It's, it's the, 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 the science name that I use, a metamorphosis has got to take place. That is being changed from one thing to another. You know, a butterfly becomes a beautiful butterfly, but he's got to be a caterpillar first. And so it's got to go through the changes of life for that beautiful butterfly to, to come about. That's the same way it is with us today. There is changes that has to take place as we grow in the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, how do you grow? How does this conversion take place? How does it get developed? Well, it gets developed when we get into the Word of God. It begins to be developed when we come to a church and we worship. In, in praise and worship through music and we develop still again as we get into the Word of God and as we hear the Word of God and that we apply the Word of God into our hearts and lives. All of these things are tools to guide us in our Christian walk every day and that we're working out our own salvation in fear and trembling. I can't serve God for you, you can't serve God for me but we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ every day and we develop this every day. It's like, the, it's like Sundays gives us that jump start to get ready for Monday, but we can't stay energized because of Sunday to take us through the next week. We've got to be energized through the weekdays. We've got to go through the Word of God. We've got to allow the Word of God to begin to transform us, renew us, renew our mind. As, as the Apostle Paul says, that we must die daily, die out to the flesh and allow the Holy Spirit 
Spirit to resonate within our hearts and lives and that we would live out by renewing our mind. We've got to have a new mind, a new outlook every day on life. We can't look at the same old, same old, or we can't say we'll never be, we'll never do, I'll never can do this, I never can do that. We can do all things through Christ which gives us strength. And I want to encourage you today. The work of the Holy Spirit within the world is this. John, Gospel, John's Gospel 16 and 8. And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin. This is what the Holy Spirit will do. And of the righteousness, of the judgment of sin. Because they believe not on me of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment, because the prince of this world is already judged. And I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. How be it when he, Jesus is speaking, the Holy Spirit of truth <clears throat> is come, he will guide you. Here again, this is what the Holy Spirit does with us on a daily basis. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't just operate on its own and begins to tell you all the things that you are needing to do. He has to go under God the Father, God the Son, and with God the Father and God the Son, then they're leading out the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you on a daily basis with your walk but has to get it cleared by God the Father, God the Son. So he says that he will not speak, Jesus said, he will not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear through God the Father, God the Son that shall he speak and He will show you, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. And He shall glorify me, Jesus Christ, for He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. You see, God orchestrated this. God planned this. Even before the foundations of this world, He planned this out that you and I would have a comforter and the comforter would be with us and it would speak to us. It would lead us, guide us, and bring us into all truth. I want you to know today, personality of man is doomed to destruction through the fall. The personality of man is doomed to destruction through the fall. Through his disobedience, we see this in Genesis 2 and 16. Man's spirit died to God because of the forbidden fruit that was received. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest uh, freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou surely die. And listen, allowing his soul, his mind, will, and emotion to rule, doomed his personality to ultimately de to destruction. 
allowing his soul, which is mind, will, and emotion, to rule the dooming of his personality to ultimate destruction. The mind was hostile towards God. The will became self-centered and emotions was filled with negative forces to where that God could not move upon them because they allowed their will and emotions to take place and they began to listen to another voice which caused them to not have the relationship that they needed with with God because they allowed other things to take place in their life. That's the same way it is with us. If we allow different things to take place in our life, we will grieve the Holy Spirit. We will vex the Holy Spirit. We will quench the Holy Spirit. And we'll cause the Holy Spirit to not be active in our lives. And therefore, if we allow that to happen then what do we do? We have to come back with a repentant heart and saying, Lord, help me not to grieve the Holy Spirit, but Lord, let your Holy Spirit saturate me to the point where the Holy Spirit can speak to me on a daily basis. Listen, redeemed man's personality, his soul is transformed through the work of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this again. Redeemed man's personality, his soul is transformed. Your soul is transformed through the work of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in your life, you will walk mechanically, spiritually, you will walk within yourself and everything will be in the flesh of everything that you do. But for you to find favor with God, for you to find what Jesus is wanting to do in your life, you must allow the character of Christ to come alive in your life, that you allow the fruit of the Spirit to take place, gentleness, goodness, meekness, um, um, uh, temperance, uh, all of these things that we must allow to take place into our lives so that we can live out as the Holy Spirit is wanting to work in our lives. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. A Holy Spirit will lead us. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. The Holy Spirit is what you and I need on a daily basis because if not, we will walk around mechanically in our minds and do and act out the things that we think is the way to go when in actuality, that's not the way we should go. We should be going the way Christ would want us to go. And you say, well, Pastor, how can we go by the way of Christ? How can, we, how can we do it? By the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. That's how we're able to do the things that we do because if not, we will be doing things within the flesh. Man accepts the sacrifice of Jesus and his spirit is born again and dwell with divine life of the Holy Spirit and it begins to transform man's personality. That's right, it begins to transform the personality of who you are. He becomes Christ-like in his thinking. He becomes Christ-like in his decisions. He becomes Christ-like in his emotions and his response. 
It's amazing when we accept Jesus into our hearts and life. And for those today that has accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and life, you made the profession of faith, you remember the first night, the night that you received Jesus Christ into your heart and life. I remember the first night I received Jesus Christ into my heart and life. It was on Halloween night. We had a revival going on uh, with that week. And on Halloween night, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'll never forget it at the age of 16. And the Lord convicted me and I went to an altar of prayer and received Jesus into my heart and life. That's the point that I want you to know today is that when you accepted Jesus, you won't forget that time when you received Jesus Christ into your heart and life and how wonderful it is. And that night at 16, as the Holy Spirit, as I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit came into my heart and life, there again I I was able to do the things that I need to do, but I could not do it without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus being in my life. You see, convicting of sin, this is what the Holy Spirit does. Righteousness, judgment, teaching people about Christ and glorifying Him, bringing people to conversion. This is what the Holy Spirit does. What the Holy Spirit does at the moment of saving faith. My first point today is this. The Holy Spirit brings life to the believer. The Holy Spirit brings new life to the believer. Old things have passed away and behold all things have become new. And I like to add the word brand new. That's my word for it. It's brand new. God wants to bring a new thing, a brand new thing into your life. Listen, all are spiritually dead because of sin. But the Holy Spirit brings life to the believer as we see this. In Ephesians 2 and 1, it says, the Apostle Paul writes and says, And you who he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, talking about what the sinner does, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we are once conducting ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath when we were sinners, just as... uh, the others, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." You may say, well, pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is, is when our minds were not on Jesus, when our minds were not on God, when your mind was on what I want to be, how I want to say it, where I want to go, what I want to do, 
Jesus clearly loves us unconditionally. In other words, <coughs> his mind was on, his mind was remembering us. He had us on his mind. He had you on his mind. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. That's where God is wanting you to understand that he loves you. He loves you so much that through his son, you and I may have salvation and allowing the Holy Spirit to come alive in our lives. Yet we see Nicodemus in John 3. Nicodemus was a religious man, but he was lost. He had to receive Jesus. He needed a spiritual birth. Apart from the new birth, he would not be saved. Regeneration means a new birth. There's a new change that takes place. Most have, uh, have yearned to be able to start life over again. In the sight of God, you can do just that. My second point today is the Holy Spirit takes up His residence within the believer. He takes up residence within the believer. This is what the Holy Spirit does. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you have, were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I am reminded that God clearly lets us know that the Holy Spirit takes up His permanent residence within us. Jesus promised this even to His disciples. In John 14 and 16, And I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes in, this is the evidence of the occupant in the believer's life. The Bible becomes, guess what, not an old book, but the Bible becomes a new book. It becomes a brand new book. And the fruit of the Spirit starts showing up within our life. That's the character of Christ. And the power to overcome sin becomes a daily experience that you and I deal with every day. It is an experience that you and I deal with every day. Every day we work on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like a marital relationship. Just like a friend relationship. Whatever it may be in a relationship, you work on it. That's the same way it is with Jesus Christ. That's the way it is with the Father, with the Son, and also with the Holy Spirit. It is a relationship that you work with every day. The presence of the Holy Spirit is within the believer. It's like almost like a down payment. It's like He's giving us what we're needing. He is giving us what we're needing. In other words, he, he is helping us, guiding us. And it seems like one of my favorite uh, statements that I'm saying now uh, for the Holy Spirit is that work with me. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us every day. Work with me. We live in a society where sometimes uh, some are going against the grain, but when you're getting it, trying to get it right, you know, it's like we say, well, work with me, work with me. In other words, we're going against and we need to be going forward. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us, work with me. In other words, 
That's what he's there for. He's a comforter. That's what he's there to comfort us when we need to be comforted. My third point today is this. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. Now I want to talk about this just a minute. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. Ephesians 4 and 30 says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Note the thrilling and the progress, regeneration, residence, sealing. Sealing speaks of ownership, the title of your car, the marriage license. This is the seal that he's talking about. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. You're sealed with the ownership of now receiving Jesus Christ in your heart and life, knowing that the Holy Spirit is to reside in you. The title of your car, listen, you've got a title of your car. A lot of times if your car is not paid for, the bank has the title. But as soon as you pay that car off, they mail you the title and you have a title clear and free from the bank and now it is in your hands and you can do whatever you want to. You can keep the car with the title or you can sell the car with the title. And some people, and I don't understand why, they go to Title Max and they want to trade in their title to borrow money against a car they just paid off with about 29% interest and they want to come back and try to get it and it winds up being astronomical because they can't afford to even get it back but guess what did they, what did they do? They wrote their title off to Title Max but the title is in actuality supposed to be for you so that you have full domain of that vehicle just as a marriage license yeah we live in a society today that everybody's kind of shacking up with everybody and they're not wanting to marry they're not wanting marriage license still that is wrong and it's not right and you need to have your you need to have a license marriage you need you need to have a license you need to know that you are married that you've committed that you've made a commitment and that's what license uh, a marriage license are the presence of the Holy Spirit within the believer is like that down payment that God gives, the Holy Spirit gives unto us and begins to help us with this. Now I want to go a step further on this. When you think of a seal as well, I don't know if you've ever had a grandmother or a mother, I don't know if you can, uh, vegetables or fruits or whatever, uh, they are a process, there's a process in sealing fruits and vegetables, especially not in a frozen bag so much, but in a jar. And my mother used to do that for years and used to can and seal. Well, there's a process with that. There's a rubber seal that goes around, uh, I think the brand of that glass, I think was made by Ball, I think, B-A-L-L. And uh, you get these glass jars, you get these, uh, these lids, and they've got rubber in the inside of it. 
And what you do is you heat it up, you put your fruits or vegetables, whatever you're canning, and then you heat them lids up real nice and hot where the, where the rubber is, is real soft. And then once you put the uh, fruit or vegetables into your, your canning, they call it canning, and then you seal it up. And what you're not wanting to do is you're not wanting to break that seal, but you're wanting to seal it from a year, two, three years, depending on what you're, you're canning, it can go for a long time, and you can seal it, but the minute you break that seal, then you can't reseal it, because the seal is broken. In other words, you can't preserve what you've got in what, you were, uh, what you're about to serve. And I want to share with you today, that's the way it is, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as God says, is to seal us, but if we're not careful, we may break that seal to allow other things to take place in our life, and yet God is saying, I have sealed you, but listen, you and I can grieve or vex or quench the Holy Spirit to where we break the seal where the Holy Spirit can't do His job because we're not allowing Him to do that job because we've broke the seal. That seal must stay on. We must stay intact with God so that the Holy Spirit can begin to operate and take care of us. And as we move forward, we don't want anything because when you break a seal, things begin to take place. You, in fruits and vegetables, you begin to lose it. You begin to, to, it begins to ruin if you don't eat it because you can't just open it up and set it back on a shelf because guess what? You can't preserve it because the seal has been broken. You see, in Ephesians 1 and 13, in Him you also trust after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also have believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise, who is the guarantee of the inheritance unto the redemption of the purchase possessed to the praise of His glory. In other words, when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to take place, let us not allow other things to creep into our lives to where we're not doing what God is wanting us to do. That's why the Holy Spirit is to come alive in our hearts and life. That's why we're to walk with the Holy Spirit, talk with the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit. We're to allow the Holy Spirit... But if we allow other things to come into our lives, yes, we can cause the Holy Spirit. We can grieve Him, we can vex Him, we can quench Him, we can cause things to keep the Holy Spirit for operating in our hearts and lives. Did you know it takes the Holy Spirit to draw man to an altar of prayer? It takes the Holy Spirit for, uh, for you to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You can say all day long that I'm going to come to Jesus and I'm going to get saved. But if your heart is not where it needs to be, if it's not being changed, if the Holy Spirit is not moving on your heart and life, man cannot come to the Lord Jesus Christ except by and in and through the Holy Spirit. 
to guarantee this sealing, we have the witness of the Spirit. Romans 8 and 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption by whom we call out Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Listen to this. The Spirit Himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The sealing of the Spirit guarantees that we, that are that what God has begun, He will continue to complete. There will be completion that will take place. In my closing today, I want to let you know there is a new life and dwelt. It is sealed all at conversion. In view of these benefits in Christ, let us walk in the Spirit, not walk in the flesh. Because if we walk in the flesh, we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to have His way in our life. Let us walk in the Spirit, and we are equipped to win when we walk in the Spirit. And folks, I want you to know, if you don't get anything else today out of my sermon, we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to take place in our lives. We've got to allow Him to do His part. God does His part, Jesus does His part, and guess what? Let's not forget, the Holy Spirit does His part. And a lot of times we'll pray to God, we'll pray to Jesus, but we don't, we don't pray with the Holy Spirit. We leave Him out of the equation, but folks, that's what it is. That's, what saves, that's what's saving us. That's what's bringing us to Jesus Christ. That's what's helping us in the life which we live. I was talking in my Bible study Wednesday night about Job in the Bible and how that he was an upright man that loved God and God knew he did and God gave him everything, gave him the desires of his heart. But there came a time where God spoke to Satan and said, Have you considered my servant Job? And, and Satan says, Yeah, I have, but you, know, you won't let up on the hedge around him. And uh, God says, well, I'm, I'm going to put Job to a test so, you know, you can't take his soul, but you can try him in everything else. And the Bible says that everything was tried on Job. He lost his family. He lost all his wealth. He lost everything. His wife even told him to curse God and die because she felt like he had done something wrong and he knew he didn't. Three of his friends, four of his, three of his friends came in saying, you know, Job, you need, to, you need to curse God and die as well. You've done something wrong. Job says, I know I haven't done nothing wrong. And Elihu, which was another young friend of his, came in and says, I'm going to give you my opinion about what you're doing. You know, you're, you're conceited. You're, you're acting like you're the big and bad person, you know, that you're, you're all this and, and you're not. And, of course, Job didn't listen to him either. And my Bible study was on this. Job didn't have the comforter like we have today. He only had God 
that he can trust. But the difference is from Job to us today is now we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. See, Job didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not come. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. All he could do by faith as like Abraham, he could just trust God and believe God and knew that God was with him and God had never let him down. But here's the difference. Now you and I don't have to go around being uh, depressed or we don't have to go around with anxieties and we don't have to go around with worries. We don't have to go around with frustrations. We don't have to go around with handling things on our own and wondering what are we going to do and pulling your hair out and saying this ain't happening. What's happening with this? What's happening with that? We now have the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives to comfort us every day and I thank God today that the comforter has come the Holy Spirit has come that you and I can have the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives and that he is wanting to teach us and bring us to all truth if you would stand with me across the building today if you would right where you're at if you will